actor, author, certified life coach, encourager, family man, dynamic inspirational speaker, and so much more. Welcome to my podcast, Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. All right, welcome to another episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. When I tell you this season, tis the season. Okay, one more time. I know it's not the holidays, but if you have been following along, if you have been watching these episodes, you will know why it's tis the season. Okay, you've been getting these nuggets for free. Y'all better thank the Lord because... But know that greater things are coming. So I'm excited to be back yet again here with you. Again, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all the subscribes, all the shares, all the love, the comments, the inboxes. I appreciate it all. So now that we've talked about me, I'm over that. Let's get started with this episode. Now, this episode is titled Overcoming the Pieces of Me. So I'm about to bring on my guest. Now, again, I know y'all say, y'all, you always say this, Harold Keith, but let me tell you, I honestly just met this person not too long ago on social media, all right? And it's not even that I really even met them. It's more so of when God brings someone to your forefront, sometimes you got to pay attention and ask why. Um, And I kept noticing these posts, and I know we've been following each other for a while, but I kept noticing these posts, and I'm like, This man is celebrating something. This man has a story. And we're going to get into that story today because I know, look, like, I know it's deep. Okay. I already know. But like I said, we're going to go ahead and get ready to bring him on. Now, before I bring him on, I know you see him advertised, okay, as Adonis Duncan. All right. And he is so, okay. But his name is hyphenated. So I want everybody to know. His name is hyphenated, all right? So when he pops up on the screen and you can see him, for those who can see him, Adonis Pleasant hyphen Duncan, okay? That's what it is, all right? They said, if you like it, well, they said put a ring on it, but but daddy said, I'm going to put my name on it. And that's what he did. So that's what happened, okay? So I'm excited to announce that. So for those who are listening, that's who we have as a guest today. Like I said, a story that deserves to be told. And again, for those who are listening, I know, I know, I know. Some of you are saying, Harold Keith, you have been going so spiritual. Some of you are saying, you know what, Harold Keith, I don't know what you got going on. Let me tell you something. I'm doing what I am called to do. And once you accept what it is, certain things you just can't change about yourself and you shouldn't be apologetic about it. Just be you. And that's what I love about the guest that I'm about to bring on. He is just out there being him with his hyphenated last name. So without (laughs) any further ado, Adonis, welcome to Get Your Positivity. How are you? I'm wonderful, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. So again, I am glad to have you here. And I just want the people to really know how real this is. Honestly, when did you meet me? (laughs) To be totally honest with you, I know that it's been um, less than 90, less than 60 days ago. 
Um, I know that we followed each other, you know, on social media and I saw some things and tapped into a couple of your podcasts and I was like, Ooh, he's, he's doing some really great things, but, um, really it's, it's been, it's it, the, the friendship and that, that we're cultivating is, is very new, very new, very, very new. And one of the things that inspired me the most was, like I said, me seeing some of your posts and knowing you have a story, you, you get the pieces to the puzzles oftentimes in life. And I think sometimes people make the mistake of taking those pieces and forming a whole picture on somebody without knowing how it comes together. You know what I'm saying? And so I wanted you to be a guest because I know you've overcome some things that I know that hasn't always been easy, but yet the light that you carry and the motivation that you bring to the table and just your encouragement that you bring on a daily is something where you have no choice but to recognize it and want to know how did he get here? So with that being said, we're about to get started with our Get Your Positivity segment. So here we are again, for those who are listening, the topic is overcoming the pieces with me here with Adonis. We're going to leave the last name alone for now. Okay. Y'all know his name, <laughs> right? So here we are. So Adonis, I think for me, I want to know, like, how did you get to the space? And I'm going to ask you this in this format. What is the biggest thing that you've had to overcome so far in your life to get you to this place of what I perceive to be as peace and happiness? Wow, uh, man, Harold, that's 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 a loaded question. But when I really, really, really scale it all down and scale it back and really get to the root of it, what I what I had to overcome were were the lies of were, were the lies that were planted in my heart and in my mind from from a very young age from a very 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 young age um i was always i, I was always big even when i was little i was big mm-hmm. and you know when you're around certain people that notice a certain light in you Sometimes things can be said maybe knowingly or unknowingly but i held those things to my heart and they were said a lot of times by people that I love, people that I admire, people that I looked up to. And um, it, it laid a foundation for my belief in myself, which held me back a lot, which also led me down some roads that led me into habits, which led me into addictions, which led me into relationships and friendships that became toxic for me because I wanted to fill a void. I wanted that acceptance and um, overcoming and knowing now that none of those things that were ever said about me or ever said to me or spoken into my life were ever true. And that God called me to be set apart. He called me to be chosen. He called me to be different. And I'm never to be, you know, along along the line of, of, of many. I'm always gonna stand out. And that was something that I fought for a very long time. I wanna blend in. I don't wanna be different. I wanna be like everybody else. I remember telling my mom that. And she was like, you're blessed. You better be glad you're different. Why would you want? I was like, no, I wanna be the same. Because I saw by me being different, I was being persecuted. 
I was being talked about. I was being picked on. I was being bullied. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have those things. So in my adult life, it followed me. And that's where it started. Once I started to really realize who I was, what all I embodied and how heavy I was and the weight that came with me, I was like, whoa. And that tipped the iceberg. And it's been some other things unfolding since then. All right, so let's talk about your journey to even recognizing this point, because I know one of the things that I do see often is you celebrate your sobriety. Um, yes. And I know there are many people who are listening and watching that they go through things and their addictions. And, and you know, sometimes some people are, are so caught up in their addiction and pacifying it that they don't even realize they're in one. And so, I know that is something that you can touch on. And I know that is something that is so deep. So I really want you to just really, I want you to just go in on your journey because I want people to understand that even though you can say the things that you say now, <laughs> it was a process to get to the part where you can even recognize you and recognize where you went wrong. Because just like you, I can understand looking up to some people and then them telling you things that would just tear you down. And to the point where you believe so much in these people that you forget who you're really here to serve. You forget who you really are. And then you turn to things because you feel the neglect, you feel the abandonment, you feel all of those things. And then before you know it, you're caught up in what the world has set up for us to fail. Right. So let's let's just let's just talk about it. I just I just have to hear about it. I know you have the story and I'm just I'm ready. Well, let's let's take it all the way back. Let's take it all the way back. And you know, um, I believe that if it's not talked about, if it's not aired out, it's not gonna be cleaned out, it's not gonna be healed, you're not gonna become stronger. And this is a very vulnerable moment for me because I've only spoken to a handful of people in my life. I'm 34, only a handful of people have I really spoken about it. I made a post, something about it. If you read between the lines and you were kind of smart, you kind of put the pieces together. But um, for the sake of this and what we're starting together um, and what I believe that God has given me now the vehicle to edify, I'm gonna do it. So when I was between the ages of five, six, and seven, I was molested. Mm. And um, I was a part of a church community that we're, we're supposed to be safe. You know, as a, as, a, as a small child, I thought that I was surrounded by people who love God, who were in the church, and that I was supposed to be safe. And um, I knew when it was happening, each time that it happened, that it was wrong. I knew that um it, it was a i felt bad i felt guilt i felt shame but some part of me felt that it was my fault you see because i was different i wasn't like the other boys so yeah. that's why and i internalized that and i almost 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 started to hate and resent myself for being the way that i was just so set apart just so different why why, why you got to spark why you got to talk why so i began to dim myself down i began to that's where isolation started i became quiet and mute and um i was an only child so that was very easy to do i didn't have siblings around me that could ask questions or probe or anything like that um and again, this was just something that I kept to myself until I was very, very, very well into my 20s. And I finally, you know, told my parents about it. But I want to I wanted to touch on that because that was the seed that started 
everything for me, what I believe, the anger that I had in my heart, mm. the desperation to be with my biological father. Because you see, at this point in time, this juncture of my life, my biological mother and dad were split. He was in the Navy, you know, fighting for our country, doing his thing, doing what he thought in his heart was right by me. Um, and he was in my life, but not a part of my life. And I kind of felt like, again, maybe I got something to do with that. He chose this career where he has to be so far away from me. I see all the other children with their dads and like, why don't I have mine, you know? And these bad things are happening to me. And I want, you know, I, I yearned for him. I had, my mom was amazing, but it's just something about a boy and his dad, you know? So as I grew up, I come to find that he was going to be in the United States. I'm about 16 or 17 at this point, and he's going to be here. He's you went mute on me. You still went oh, no. mute? All right, you're back. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. So he's stationed here, and this is where he's going to retire. And so I, I got excited. I went out and I visited. And um, I'm going to tell you how excited I was. I was so excited. I learned a bus route to get to the high school in the area. I found out, um, well, first I found out where the high school was, and I found out how to get to it. And then I also found the local mall because I needed a job. Because if I was going to stay there, you know, I was responsible. I was going to get a job. I got hired same day at Hollister. I walked in. I told him what I was doing. I, I told the manager and I got hired. And I ran back to the house and I told my dad, I'm like, I know what high school I'm going to. I know the bus ride on how to get there. And guess what? I have a job. Like, I don't want to get back on the plane. I need you in my life. I want to stay here. Like, you're going to retire here. We didn't get to do the whole father-son thing when I was little. Let's do it now. But then what happened? The rejection came. Because here I am standing 16, 17 years old. He was probably around my age, 33, 34. Yeah, exactly. Half my, yeah, he's like 34. He's like, uh, no, you're going back home with your mama. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm building my life here. And now that, now at 34 and understanding that he didn't have his dad in his life. Right. So he didn't know how to be a father to me because he, he didn't have an example. I didn't know that at 17. All I knew was that I was being rejected. All I knew is that I felt abandoned again. All I knew was that I wasn't enough. All I knew is that I must lack something. There go you being different again. There you go being set apart. You're not the son that he wanted. And it bought up so many things. And when I went home, I went completely AWOL. There was no more church. There was no more praying. There was no more Mr. Nice Guy. And that's when the drinking started. I knew a family member um, on my dad's side that, partied on the weekends and I could go over there and there was my choice of liquor. And that's what I did for several weekends um, leading up into me becoming 18 and living on my own. I moved out at a very young age and it, it just kind of gets more and more interesting after that. But that's so, definitely where we started. Let me pause you right Sorry. there and we'll come <laughs> back to that. But let, let's go back to say even something about you. Like at 16, 17, here you are in a foreign place, you're so excited to see your father, your biological dad, that you at that age learn a bus route, okay? You go and get a job and you pretty much laid it out and said, dad, you don't have to worry about a thing. Let's just do this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. let me just say these kids nowadays, no one like, okay, let's just, let's just say it. 
the initiative that you took, the responsibility that you took, the, the, the lengths you were willing to go said a lot about you even then. And sometimes I, I sit here and I look back on my life and some of the situations I've been in and I'm like, how did I not see how powerful, how great, how gifted I was when I was living it? You know what I'm saying? But I could not yeah. see it because I was so caught up in everything that was going on. But now that I sit back later on and I reflect, I'm like, dang, you really were something to mess with. And yeah. that's why you were chosen. And so here you are, you're going through this, which a lot of people go through things. And a lot of people, you know, they deal with hurt. And a lot of people find their ways, their vices. And that rejection piece is real, especially when you're rejected and you get that rejection from someone who you want that approval from so bad. And the thing about life is, I know this is said, it's said so much easier than lived, but we often seek that fulfillment and, 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 and getting that void handled in things that only God can resolve within us. Oh yeah. And it's because of many factors, but one of those things is just the way that society deems things to be normal. And yeah. like, you want this and you wanna live this kind of life and you want that because that's what society tells you you need to have. When in reality, you don't need any of that. As long as you have God, he will remind you of who you are and he will carry you through and take you through. And I think oftentimes we forget that because we are dealing with the battles of what we call life, but this life is temporary. And that's sometimes we get caught up in trying to make things permanent in a space that is not here forever. But Correct. we never feel good while we're here. We want to do things while we're here. And when we get on those lows, sometimes faith is one of the first things to go. Because yeah. we want to say, God, how dare you? Why would you put me in this situation? I thought you loved me. Yeah. You gave me a father who loves me. I thought I thought I was here for a reason. But in those moments, you're so broken and you're so hurt that you look for something else to give you validation. And in your case, you turn to alcohol. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that. What, what was that life like? Whoo, man, <laughs> that was definitely a roller coaster. Um, looking back, I could definitely see where the enemy uh, really glamorized a setup for failure for me. It was, you know, honestly, it was about 12 years of death by distraction, honestly, like mm -hmm. though, like a little bit over a decade that, I mean, of course, now I have something that I can present to other people and, and I can see, I can see why, but freshly coming out of it, I, I was really depressed about it. But here's, here's what happened. So I go home, I'm, I'm running rampant. Um, I completely decline in school completely just declining school. I get out of all extracurricular activities. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being totally defiant to my mom at home. And um, again, partying on the weekends, um, sneaking out, getting into trouble. I moved, you know, moved away, came and got my own apartment around 18 years old. I mean, and that was just like the hub. Oh man, Don's got his own place. You already know it's going up. What? And that was every single night and every single weekend because I was so down and I was so depressed, but I was disguising it 
as in me living my best life. Like nothing's gonna hold me back. I'm strong, I'm independent. I'm gonna show you, I don't need nobody. No, I needed everybody. I was so lost, so lost. Um, turned 21, right before I turned 21, I got into my first drunk driving accident that really it could have taken me out. The entire windshield was sitting on my chest in my lap mm -hmm. and the car was smashed into a tree. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't driving, another person was driving and both of us walked away with just a few scratches. So I knew that God had something for me um, within that same year, I was beat up by several guys on, on more than one account, um, beat to where I was unrecognizable, like swollen eyes, busted lips, you know, bangs on, 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 my, on my head and my, my, um, and my, my jaws and everything was kind of swollen and bruised on my sides, you know, um, again, for, for being different, you know, for being, you know, this person. So again, I'm internalizing everything and I'm just hating this and, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So then, you know, you, 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 I'm 22 at this point, 22, 23, I'm young. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for love. I'm looking for acceptance. Got into a really bad relationship that strung along for about eight or nine years. And in that relationship, because I knew um, that my life wasn't headed down a great path and, you know, the relationship was failing from the beginning. And then I'm hard on myself because of where I am, you know, education wise, financially, career wise, I'm seeing all my other friends advancing. I'm not. So, you know, instead of making that turn and, you know, correcting things, just grab another shot. It'll be okay. Just go out. It'll be okay. No, this is normal. You still got time. You're so young. Just live it up. Do you. Do your own thing. Drink after drink after drink after drink after drink. Okay, 2015. Now we're about 26, 27 maybe. And boom, here we are again. I'm drunk driving now. I am the driver. Yeah. And I, I get pulled over. And I go to jail. I go to jail. And it was 2015 that I went in jail, went to jail. And I had some unpaid tickets, you know. So I had some stuff out there that... Um, that, that I didn't handle for years back. So I had to spend 16 days in jail. Huh. And um, in those 16 days, I don't know if you've seen it on my social media, but I do a lot of things with the anchor symbol. And I always say hashtag anchored because at that point I knew that my life was like a ship just being tossed to and fro on the sea. And I had nothing tying me down. Whichever way the wind blow, I went. If the tide went up, I went. If I went down, I went. And I knew that's not what God had for me. I was tired. I was tired of drinking. I was tired of partying. I was tired of, you know, just all the mishaps. I was faking it in my career. Just faking it. I looked successful, but my account said I was broke. And if you ask any of the people in my organization, they would be like, nope. But face, I was good. Family, I was good. Friends, quote unquote, I was good. But the people who were close to me, they knew, but no one really said anything. That was the funny part. So I knew that I had to get with God. And, and when I was in when I was in jail, he dropped the word anchor on me. And I just began to research that. What does that anchor do? What does that mean? What does it mean to be anchored? What does steadfast mean? And I took that as a banner. And I have held on to that and it has just evolved um, over the years. And now that is my life. I have to be anchored in him.
Hebrews 6 and 19 is my scripture because that's the only place I can find hope and it's anchored in him. And that's what I do. That's what I do. Hope, H-O-P-E, helping other people elevate. That's what I do. That's all that I do now. But then I didn't see what it was. I didn't I didn't know that it would be that. And I wish I could tell you that when I got out of jail, I stopped drinking, but I didn't. But what I did do is I called my dad. I called him. I said, hey, do you know what's going on with me? Do you know I just went to jail? Do you know I'm an alcoholic? Do you know that my life is being flushed down the tubes? We need to talk. What's up? I was about 30 at this point. And it was at that juncture, we had a very, very, very good conversation face to face in Louisiana. And he explained and expressed to me his feelings in that moment. He talked to 17 year old me. You see, because although I had prayed about it and although I said I gave it to God, I was still holding on to that. That 17 year old Adonis was still hurting. That 17 year old Adonis still needed answers. He wanted to know, were you rejecting me? What did I do? Why don't you love me? But what I found was that it had absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with him and where he was at in his life and how he felt about himself and the things that he wanted to give me, but he just could not. He didn't know how to express it. He didn't know how to give it. It had never been expressed or given to him. So how could he give me something he didn't have? And so I had to take that. And even still, even in that moment, I had to take it. And I said, God, I'm taking this, but you're really going to have to help me with this. And so knowing those things, still trying to now fight off what is an addiction, what started out as just on the weekends, what started out as just doing something fun, what started out as, well, I'm getting over this relationship, so I'm going out, boys weekend, yeah. Boys weekend for three years, stop it. You addicted. So once I saw that career wasn't happening the way that it should, my relationship with my family was not good my friendships don't last my my you know like my physical body i'm tired I'm, I'm tired and i said okay is it the alcohol or is it deeper i went to church and i found out about this really cool group called celebrate recovery and celebrate recovery saved my life i grew up in church i grew up in church i know all the cliche scripture i mean i got the faith i got it but when i tell you celebrate recovery gave me the platform and the space to take off all of the masks that I was wearing, to de-roll, take off the chains, take off the weights, drop them down. And when the Bible says, lay your burdens down, take up mine because my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I know what that means now. I know what that means now. But that took me two and a half years, almost three years now, because at the root of it, at the heart of it, what I what I was not willing to admit for 12, 13, almost 13 years, it wasn't about the drinks. It was because I was hurt. I was hurt. I was angry. I felt I felt used. I felt abandoned. I felt rejected. All of those things, all of those things were the bed and the alcohol just watered it, just watered it. And it kept me to lose. It kept me in like in a state of delusion. It kept me in a false world. It kept me thinking that, no, I'm good. No, I got great friends. No, I got a great life. Oh, I'm young. I still got my looks. I still got my health. I'm good. I can get up any day and do it again. Invalidated. Oh, yeah. Invalid. It made you feel as if you were right. validated and endorsed. Right. And oh, you said so many, 
listen, I, if I could throw this whole set away right now, <laughs> I would because you said so much and I knew you had a story, but I did not know you had this story because you don't look like what you've been through. And, and, and a lot of people don't. And you said something earlier with your conversation with your dad. Sometimes, you know, we put too much on people. Yes. Without realizing that they're people too. Yes. And sometimes people only do what they know how to do best based yes. on their lives and their experiences. And so we hold people at these expectations where we set ourselves up to be disappointed because we're putting them where we perceive them to be, but that doesn't mean that's their reality. No. So here we are sitting here saying, oh, we, why weren't you doing this? Why weren't you doing that? And the, 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 the simple answer is, did I ever say I could do that? Right. That's what you expected of me, but that's not who I am. I feel like once we allow people to just authentically and recognize people and allow them to be who they are without expectation, yeah, then we save ourselves so much. So I don't know who's watching. I don't know who's listening. And if you haven't gotten anything from this, then I don't know what you just tune out now. Just throw it away. Don't, don't <laughs> get back to me on the next episode. But what I'm telling you is. Stop giving expectations to people because you yeah. will be disappointed every time. The only thing you could you should expect anything from is God. And I'm going to tell you why. Because God will not fail you. That's right. When everything else falls away, when your bank account is on empty, mm. when your friends turn away, mm. when your family disowns, mm. when you are struggling, mm. they don't show up. It's mm -hmm. God who provides. And I Every say this time. all the time. There's sometimes I used to look at my bills and my expenses and how I paid it all made no sense on paper. Yeah. Yet I'm sitting here living it. And, and one of the things I've been teaching to my prayer group is this. People out here saying they live in their best life. Well, if that's your best life, live it, live it. But what I know is I'm living my better life because the best is yet to come. My best life won't be until I'm sitting there right with God and we're having this conversation and he lets me in where I'm supposed to be and we have our moment. And when I'm living that eternal life, that's when I'm living my best life. But while wow. I'm here on this earth, I'm just living my better life, my better days. And guess what? Every day, it might be better in one category, but worse in another. But guess what? You have to keep on moving because God doesn't take you through anything just for any reason. He takes you through things intentionally. And sometimes we need to stop saying, why is God taking me through this? And you ask yourself, because it's not about God and it's not about the devil. It's about the choices that you're making. Why are you taking you through it? You better come on. So <laughs> you said so much and I just raised something within me because I sit here. Uh-huh. And the life that you 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 live in your better days and the things that you say, yet versus the things that you've been through. Mm. If people know what I know, you shouldn't be here. Oh, on more if it than was one up account. to the man, if it was up to what the world perceives certain things to be. Yeah. But then there's a God. And there was a moment where you threw away the faith. Oh, yeah. But God oh, looks yeah. at the heart. And even though you were angry, he said, my child is hurting, but he will see me again. And I will make sure of it because every time he falls, I will pick him back up. Every time he goes left, I will make sure he goes right because he will have no choice because there is something I have to do with him. There is a reason why he is here. There is somebody that he can relate to that no one else can. There is purpose in his veins. He is anchored within me. So therefore he will stand. 
However, this is his process, but I'm not going to force my child to be nothing that he ain't ready to be. Wow. When he's ready, he will surrender. And once he surrender, I would change his whole life around. I would take his situation. <laughs> I will erase those things that he feels as though broke him and use those as his strengths. And he will be unstoppable. He will be able to overcome the pieces that have fallen to create the masterpiece that I have projected and created. That's right. Wow. All right. So, okay. Let's, bring it <laughs> let's just bring it back because let's bring it back. So here you are, you know, you found this church group mm -hmm. and it brought you back. But let me ask you, because there's a transition in there that we didn't really, really pin on. So when you threw away faith. Yeah. At what point did you say, I need to pick it back up? Wholeheartedly. When I turned 33, um, when I turned 33. Pause. And how old are you? I'm 34. Okay. That, I just want to put out this too. That's why I did that because it's never too late. That's right. To get right with God. That's right. They'll go ahead. And I, That's I'm just right. Go so ahead. I knew when I turned 30, I knew that I had to get my wheels on track. I said, okay, you got to get a hold of yourself. But I was still operating in self. Let that sink in. Uh -huh. So 30, operating in self. And, and I had a wonderful year in my 30s. I mean, I did amazing things. I shot straight up in my company. I'm driving a company car. I'm offspring and leaders. I'm at the top 2% of the company. I'm on top of my game. I'm like, yes. And then, shoo, just like that, he came in. Just, I mean, just like that. Because why? I was operating in self. Mm. So there was never, there was never, there was elevation, but it wasn't God elevated. So it was false. It was, it was false. So just as high, just as fast as I went up, I got attached to somebody else. And that person brought me, shoo. And for two and a half years, it was a tussle. It was, I mean, it was a deep tussle because now in this, in this connection, I'm fighting because I know Something in my soul was like, you know, you know better. Come on. So that's when I sought out the church. And that's when I found Celebrate Recovery because I knew something has to happen. But in, the, in, in that year, in that year or two, there was still a, a pull and a tug. Okay, am I going to go all in? Am I going to give them my all? Am I really going to do it? Okay, God, you can have this part over here, but I'm going to still work on that. So that was the whole thing for about two years, 31, 32. And I said, you know what? 33. Jesus was only here for 33 years. He got baptized when he was 33. You know what I'm going to do? I'm done. Because at this point, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. it I mean, it, it, had gotten to, it had gotten to a point to where my my immediate family including my mother my little brother you know everyone in my family knows now you are a full-blown alcoholic mm. as fast as i went up i came back down company car had to give that back the title had to give that back the big team evaporated and i'm here and i'm in a struggle but i'm still trying to hold a, a face up like everything is all good and I kept showing up to these meetings, kept showing up to these meetings, kept showing up to these meetings.
While at home, I'm drinking. And when I'm drinking, I'm getting choked. And when I'm being choked, I'm being choked around the neck to where the cops have to come now and be, be like get involved. And now it's, it's heavy charges, not against me, but against the person I was connected with. So, so my life is, is really becoming unmanageable. My mother is worried for, for my well-being at this point. My dad is worried for my well-being at this point. So I say, you know what, Adonis, what are you going to do, bro? Because you see where it's happening and you've seen where it goes. You know where this goes. You know where this goes. God has grace, but his grace has limits. You better straighten up and fly right. So I started to pray. I started to pray. I started to pray. And the only thing that I could do, I said, I, I, I got to surrender. I got to surrender. So I called my mom. I said, look. I'm turning 33. I want to be baptized. I want to go under the water. And when I come up, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm not putting any 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 sort of request on God. I'm not asking him for a certain amount of things. I'm not, whatever it looks like. In his eyes, that's what I want. Because what I've been doing for the past 32 years is dead wrong. Whatever the assignment is, whatever the purpose is, whatever the mission is, I want to be in alignment. I want to be in his will. I have to operate that way because out of his will, I see where my life is headed. And I have years ahead of me. But if I keep staying in the driver's seat, I don't think I'm going to make it past 40. And that's the conversation that I had to have with her. So you better believe that on my birthday, my behind was in some water. Because <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she wasn't having it. And that was the true beginning of the becoming. And I wanna, and I wish I could say it was an overnight, but it wasn't. Even that weekend, I was like, man, okay. No, for real, for real, for real. This is my last weekend, y'all. For real, for real, for real. Because I have friends coming, they surprised me. You know, they surprised me. I was like, okay, it's my last weekend. Kept showing up to meetings, kept showing up to meetings, kept showing up to meetings. I went through a 12 step in a year. This, this 12 step changed my life. It's a part of Celebrate Recovery. And it's not about talking about the addiction. It's about, it's, it's about talking about the things that led up to it. You see, yeah. they got into a, a place in my heart that no one ever had. They asked me things and probed questions out of me that no one ever had. I had to discuss things and get a sponsor and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with a human being about deep, dark secrets that I had not disclosed with anyone. And it was at that moment, going through that process, totally surrendering and working with the Holy Spirit, because you gotta be obedient, you gotta work with it. He said he'll keep it if you wanna be kept, but you gotta want to. It was only through that process that I'm at the point of where I am today to where now I can say, you know what, this is what I wanted. This is it. Because God says he will grant the desires of your heart. But what I didn't know is that he was going to change them first. <laughs> if you wait, 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 wait. Come back. Come back and say that one more time. For okay. I'm say it one more time. You, he says that in his word that he will grant the desires of your heart. Right? But what I didn't know is that when I allowed him to permeate and rest, rule, and abide, and be just like a fish is with water. You take that fish out of water, it don't survive. You take the water out of the fish and it's dead. They are one. And that's how I had to become with him. And that's the only way that this whole union, that, that it's going to work. And so now those are, now it is my desire. It is my truest desire to live this way. It's my truest desire to do what I'm doing right now. It's my truest desire to get into the heart and the mind of men and women who 
are going through or have been through or about to go through or don't even understand, am I, am, am I in something right now? How do I even identify that? Oh, I see you and I'm going to tell you, yeah, you are. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm about to tell you your whole life because it looked just like mine. But I can tell you what, there's hope. I can tell you what, there's, res there's restoration. I can tell you what, there's redemption. I can tell you what, there's people being brand new, made whole. He came here for you. It's here for you. And I did not feel that way. Depression is when you don't see the way out. And I was depressed. My last three, my last three to four years of my life, I was very depressed. I said, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to change. I think this is just me. You know, my grandpa, all of my uncles, it's on my mom's side of the family as well. I think this is just going to be me. I think I just have to learn and accept this and do the best I can with, with, with what I have. And as many years God allowed. What? That was the enemy trying to like really negotiate and have me really believe in these things. But my spirit woke up and said, no, sir. God came so you would have life and not just a short life, but life yes. abundantly. Yes. Yes. What? Yes. What do yes. you mean? Yes. yes. No. So I had to come out of that and, 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 and it, it wasn't something that, and, and it's still not, I'm still not, I'm still not. I love when you said I'm not living my best day. I'm living better days. People say, how you doing? I'm getting better. I'm getting better each and every day in every single way. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. That's where I'm at. All right. Okay. <laughs> so those who are listening, <laughs> I hope you are listening. Those who are watching, I hope you can see this. You feel the heat, okay? I hope you feel this heat because it's so true. Like, Adonis, you just, you just, you're just like awakening something, but you're saving somebody today because there's somebody who is listening right now, somebody who is watching, and they're saying, this is it for me. But now they're saying there is still hope. And I think people need to understand that the Beyonce's of the world, the Kardashians of the world, the, the Rihanna's of the world, you know, the Joel Olsteins of the world, you know, the, the T.D. Jakes of the world, you know, all of these people, the Oprah's, the, the Tyler Perry's, they're still works in progress. Amen. Their blessings, their blessings do come, but you don't know what they're dealing with behind closed doors. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Some people want to always fault you for being so blessed, but do you know what these people had to go through to get the blessings? That's right. People say favor ain't fair, but favor is a sign, but it's up to you to cash in. Everybody has favor, but what you do with your favor is what matters. Wow. So with, 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 with that being said, at some point you have to realize this about God. Sometimes, most times, I'm going to say all the time, God is an all-in type of God. You, you got to be all-in. When you're partial, see, this is the thing that drives me crazy. When you talk to somebody on the phone, right, and, and they got all this stuff to say, but then they're like, but you know, I know God will bring me through. Oh, you know, and they say all the stuff like, I'm glad you have faith, but your faith, boo, is limited. I need you to have limitless faith and realize that you wouldn't be able to say some of the things you're saying to me on this phone if you really had that faith and realize that, no, God is not going to be able to do what you're calling or you asking him to do in that moment because you haven't fully surrendered. 
I read this this post and it said something that I don't know exactly what it said, but it says something of, of the nature is how you going to go to God with holding the plan B in your back pocket. Are you God or are you going to let God be God? Because at the end of the day, <laughs> it ain't about you, boo. It'll never be about you. So you need to get over you and realize that until you make it about God, you will not really see your better days. You'll be living a false prosperity, a false life. And, yes. and, and I've seen it so many times. And there's so many yeah. people, they, they, they perceive that they live in this blessed life and they want to use God as their life. I'm glad you're giving glory to God. But when you close those doors, that's between you and God what's really yeah. happening. Yeah. You said wow. it. As quickly as things came together. Yep. Fell. Yep. Because you weren't all in. Nope. But once you made the decision. Mm-hmm. To give him your all. Yep. That's when the better days, that's when the real manifestation came. That's when oh, yeah. when 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 the grounded stuff started to happen. Oh, Not yeah. necessarily the, the sand houses. You were building with bricks. See Come, on. Come on. But people are so obsessed with what's happening in the world where other people are thinking and, and holding on to their past things and their failures and this mm -hmm. that they don't realize that all of these burdens you're not meant to carry that you are carrying is doing nothing but putting you six feet under. That is so true. And can I tell you something over, over the past, I want to say about, yeah, about, about five years, I've over the past five years, I've lost about seven friends who are all my age or younger. Mm. And this past year, as I'm awakening and, my mind is clearing up and I, I'm thinking about the time. I'm thinking about the opportunity of life itself. Any, any time that I ever, you know, start to get down on myself or do this or do that, or even have the audacity to lay up and lay around and move slow or complain about what I don't have or complain about where I'm at, I always think, you know, I got about seven friends that if they could come back and trade places with me, what would they do with the time that I have, the time that I'm allotted? Because their time is out. You still here. So how, how are you really looking at the life that you have right now? What perspective are you really taking on this? How do you really feel about you, your life, and your journey? And that's when I say, oh, God, just let me go deeper then. Just let me just let me go deeper. That's uncomfortable because it's, it's, it's so easy to do the nothings, but it's hard. At the top of my day today, woke up very early. I've been working up until 30 minutes before this podcast. Got it together after this podcast. It's Monday. I didn't get to work out today. So I'm going to go go work out tonight because I'm teaching myself to do the hard things so that I can have the easier ways of life. And what I mean by that is when you make those hard decisions, say it, those hard decisions, say it, eating right, going to bed at, at a certain time, turning the TV off, not binge watching, getting up and, and doing the consistent things, making up the bed, going to the gym, going over and beyond on your job, even before you get recognized for it. Those type of things, the, the hard things, 
turning away and saying, no, I'm not going to drink with y'all. Turning away and saying, no, I'm not going to go out this weekend and turn up on y'all. I'm going to work on my side hustle right now because I'm working on this side hustle so that it can take care. And I don't need the full-time job because I feel the spirit of entrepreneurism all over me. I, I feel like boss all over me. But I got to do the hard things so that I can have the easier way of life. Like life is never really easy, but it can be easier because here's the cool part about that. When you're doing the easy things of life, it just seems that life is hard. The bill's always bigger. The disappointments always hit harder. It just seemed like the relationships never get good. Drama just knows your name. And it's just hard. But you're doing the easy things. You're chilling throughout the evening. You got weekends off. You're doing your thing. You're chilling in the cut. Same day, different day, blah, blah, blah. No. And when I take that, when I, when I take that, when I take that and I say, hey, what's going on? What's what's going on? Well, you know me, same old, same old. It's been 15 years. Why are you same. the same old, same old? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, and I used to be like, oh, okay, nah, let me just show compassion. Nah, in this season, I got to protect myself. In this season of my life. In this season of my life, I got to protect myself. I feel like what God has given me, it's just like, if you want to take it to mater- like 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 a mom, when she finds out that she's about to give birth, that second to last trimester, things get different around the house. Mm-hmm. She's preparing. She's getting ready. The things that she's doing to her body is totally different. Her mind is changing. And when she gives birth, oh, the way that she protects that baby, the way that she cares for that baby. And that's what I feel like this gift is. That's what I feel like this awakening is. That's what I feel like this mission is for me right now. I can physically see it now. I got to protect it. I can't let everybody in my spirit. I can't let everything come into my way. I can't be listening to everything. I can't go everywhere. I got to protect this. This is the gift. I don't know how big and how how great this thing is going to, what's going to grow up and what it's going to become. But I know that right now in the beginning season, it's, it's pivotal for me. It's pivotal to me to, to take care of this 24-7. And I can only have people around me who understand and who can identify and that I know that are on the same wavelength, that's on the same vibration, that's praying the same way, praying to the same God that I pray to in my circle and in my ear and in my presence. Yeah, I unplugged my TV. I turned it around. Yeah. I'm All right. Fine. All right, listen, because, you know, we can go on and what. <laughs> I'm going to say this before we get into our um, one word of advice segment. And I'm going to just say that it's being put on my spirit heavy that we're about to do a conference and we are going to really bring something to the table that the world needs. Amen. And I didn't know what this assignment was, but this is just more than just an episode. Amen. This right here. We have a lot of talking to do because this right here, this right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I'm, I'm just going to leave it there because we're not even going to get into all that now. But those who are listening, stay tuned because there is something about connections. And we talked about that earlier. It's mm-hmm. something about connections. And sometimes God will clear out a room so that mm-hmm. the right connections can be made so that the mm-hmm. right people can enter a room and their lives be transformed. Mm. That's so good. Mm. All right. So we're going to go ahead. Oh, you understand. We look. All right. Those who are listening. All right. We're going to bring this. We, we, we wrapping up y'all for those who are watching. This is, 
more to come. Definitely more to come. But let's go ahead and move on to our A Word of Advice segment. All right. So, Adonis, now you said a lot of great things, but what is one thing? Now, when I say one word of advice, it doesn't have to be necessarily one word. Okay. When I say a word, I mean, give them a word, but we done gave them a whole sermons and things around here. So people weren't running around their rooms, parked their car, had to shout hallelujah. I don't know what to say, but what I'm going to say is, what is something, the last thing that you want to say to those who are listening and to those who are watching today? Let me be more specific. Those who are in the process of overcoming the pieces Mm. of themselves. Mm. What I would say for those who are overcoming the pieces of them, what I what I what I had to realize and am realizing now is that this is a process and the goal is progression and never perfection while you are overcoming the pieces of you, you will be collecting other pieces of you and you will start to discover there's some other things in you. And for me, what I would say is, honestly, honestly, if you, man, if you, if you, if you are in line with, with, with God, I, I, I serve God. I serve the, that that's, I serve Jesus Christ, God. And when, when you pray to him and you say, you know, God, I'm ready. Have your way. Have your way, period. Nothing else after that. Something starts to happen. And when you start to feel it, go with it. Don't question it. And don't even discuss it. You see, there was a there was a period in this where not even my mom, I couldn't I couldn't discuss it with her because it's it's in her primal nature to to protect me. So some of the things that were happening and then some of the things that they were coming to my mind, if I told her, she would have went into mother mode and wanted to protect me and wanted to know more and get it. And it would have messed up what, what, what God was doing. So you got to understand that it's you and him. You got to understand that it's you and him. Second journal, write it all down. And if you're not into writing, do an audio because there's nothing more refreshing than to go back and to revisit where you were a month, two months, 90 days ago, six six months ago, nine months ago, a year later. Wow, look at where you are. That is so encouraging. When I look back over my journal for the past three years and I can see where all of this has come, it now makes so sense. The pieces of me is a whole puzzle that God sees. So we're putting those pieces together. Some of them got tossed out. He's going to put another one in because we don't need it. But we know that it was a process. So for me, that one word, that one word, that one word is to enjoy the process. Embrace where you are and know that there is so much more to come. And it's only the beginning. God got you. Stay anchored in your mission and your journey to fulfilling your your purpose that was designed specifically just for you. Listen, and and for those who are listening, the only thing I have to say is live intentionally. Yeah. Live intentionally. 
Be intentional about your time here on this earth. Be intentional about who you allow in your circle. Be intentional of the relationship that you have with God. Be intentional of self-awareness. Be Mm. intentional about how you get up and utilize every second of your Mm. day. Because it matters. I'm not saying that all of your days will be great days, but if you shift your mindset and be intentional about the thoughts that you're processing through your mind, you will be able to train yourself to see the good within the bad. You'll train yourself to be able to say, this is not an attack of the enemy. It's a pressing of God. You'll be able to identify things that you once could not see. You will be able to recognize when you have leveled up. Be intentional. Now, I'm going to wrap this episode up. I I promise you I'm going to wrap this up because I feel like we could go on and that is why we're going to work on some other projects. We have some stuff to do. But those who are trying to find Adonis, you know what this is. This is our Where Is segment. All right. So, Adonis, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Duncan 8701. You can also find me on Facebook, Adonis Pleasant Duncan. That is where I operate. You want to tell them one more time? Go ahead. Because I'm you can find me on you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Duncan 8701. And you can always find me on Facebook at Adonis Pleasant Duncan. Now on Facebook, y'all don't put the hyphen in or you won't find them. It's without the hyphen. Okay. <laughs> but all right, with that being said, I love oh, to close out these episodes with a song. So I'm gonna ask you, if you could choose any theme song in your life right now, what would it be? Now, before you say that, for those who are watching, you know the routine. You have to Google this yourself. Okay. YouTube it, Apple Music it. Title it, Spotify it, whatever your music source is, you're going to have to do the work. But for those who are listening, you know you're about to hear it. So without any further ado, Adonis, what is that song for you? Alive and Well by Saddleback Worship. Alive and Well by Saddleback Worship. That's right. All right. So as we go ahead and get into this, I just want to say thank you so much, Adonis, for being a blessing to this season of the podcast. When I tell you, you keep living in your purpose. I know this is only the beginning of these better days, and we have so much that we need to talk about and do because we are about to rock some people's boats, and we're going to get them anchored at the right spot because we have work to do because God says the best has yet to come. So with all that being said, I don't know how we're going to do it all. I don't know when it's all going to happen, but I know we're going to start working on it because we can do all things. All through Christ that strengthens us. So with that being said, what's that song again, Adonis? Let them know so we can hear it. Alive and Well by Saddleback Worship. All right, everybody, be blessed. No borders, no limits. If you say it, you will do it. No distance, we 
this week's episode of Get Your Positivity with Harold Keith. Listen, stay encouraged through the week. Check out my website, www.itsharoldkeith.com. Also, follow me on Instagram at It's Harold Keith. And if you have Facebook, you can follow me there too. Guess what it is? Yup, at It's Harold Keith. And while you're showing so much love, make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Looking forward to keeping you encouraged, and I will definitely 
be seeing you next week. Remember, real life, real issues, real experiences, real possibilities with real people. And not to mention a real you. Until next week, remember, get your positivity. All right, that's a wrap, folks. Ha, 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 ha.